This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. As a Muslim community continue to, continues to face different challenges, there's often the question about exactly what do we do in this situation? What is our role? What is the solution to our problems? What is our game plan or plan of action in these circumstances? Particularly our community and rightfully so, has been really concerned about Islamophobia and all the potential impact that it could have upon our community. To talk about this, I wanted to take the opportunity tonight to share some thoughts with everyone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an, in Surah At-Tawbah, He introduces the Prophet in summary to all of humanity. Very powerfully, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ That undoubtedly there came to you a messenger who was from amongst you. He understood your circumstances, he understood your pain and your suffering. He experienced your happiness and your sadness. There came to you a messenger from amongst you. عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُّمْ the word Aziz refers to something being very heavy, very cumbersome, very burdensome, weighty. It is very heavy on him. What is so heavy upon him? Ma'anitum. Your suffering is hard on him. Harisun alaykum. And the word hirs in the Arabic language refers to desiring, wanting something good. Oftentimes in the human context, it's used to refer to the human desire for wealth. But it has a more general broad meaning of just wanting what is good. Harisun alaykum. He is continuously, fully invested into your well-being. And then the end part is the most profound and the most beautiful. Where Allah says, بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ That specifically with the believers... He is extremely compassionate and very, very merciful and loving. And this is really profound because oftentimes part of the human failing is that the closer people are to us, the more we take them for granted. The closer we are to people, the more we take advantage of them. And subsequently, this rule applies with the majority of human beings. That you can admire someone from a distance. But the more you get to know them, the less you are impressed with them. The less you admire them. But the Prophet ﷺ was the opposite. The closer you were to him, the more you admired him. The people who knew him the longest throughout the entirety of his life, they were the first to devote themselves to him. They loved him more than anyone else. 
So the Prophet ﷺ, while being merciful and compassionate with everyone, when someone came into the community, he did not abuse them, he did not take them for granted, but he loved them. And he was merciful with them and compassionate to them. He took care of them. The, the entirety of this verse presents to us maybe one of the most striking characteristics and qualities of the Prophet ﷺ. And that is empathy. Empathy is such a quality that is so far gone from our social reality today that most people do not even know the meaning of the word empathy. There is sympathy which we are familiar with and then there is empathy. And it strikes people, it shocks people when you tell them that the Prophet ﷺ was not sympathetic because the Prophet ﷺ was empathetic. What is sympathy? Sympathy is to be able to see, to acknowledge someone else's pain. To just be able to acknowledge your pain is sympathy. Empathy is to feel their pain. It is to cry with them, to sit with them, to be with them, to internalize their suffering, and to yourself do whatever you can to alleviate their pain and their suffering. That is who the Prophet ﷺ was. He was, a pro, he was the epitome of empathy. He was the personification, the manifestation of empathy. And the reason why I mention this, the reason why I bring this up, is that the circumstance that we are in right now, the situations that we face ahead currently, we need this prophetic quality of empathy once again. It is not only one of the most remarkable qualities of the Prophet ﷺ, but it is maybe the most desperately needed today. There are so many remarkable, striking, eye-opening stories from the life of the Prophet ﷺ, which shows his capacity to be able to feel another's pain and to be able to put himself aside and be able to make someone else the focus of his entire attention. There are stories where enemies, the enemies of the Prophet ﷺ showed up at his doorstep. When Ikrimah, the son of Abu Jahl, the son of the man who declared war against the Messenger ﷺ, and Ikrimah followed in his father's footsteps, he fought the Prophet ﷺ. When he comes, in front of the Prophet ﷺ to accept Islam, not only does the Prophet grant him total immunity, but the Prophet ﷺ instructs his companions, do not speak ill of his father in front of him. Because yes, his father was a bad person, but it's still his father and it'll hurt him if you say bad things about his father in front of him. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu anhu, when he accepted Islam, he had waged war against the Prophet ﷺ. He had fought against the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims. Khalid bin Walid and Amr bin al-As, two leaders of Mecca, who opposed him. The Treaty of Hudaybiyah in the sixth year, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, part of the terms of the treaty was that the Muslims would come back the following year. And they would perform Umrah. For three days they would be in Mecca. This was agreed to. When the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims came back the following year, Khalid and Amr, they protested 
the presence of the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca. They said, we will not be in Mecca if he is in Mecca. They went outside of Mecca and protested his presence in the city of Mecca. That's how much enmity, how much hatred and animosity they had towards the Prophet ﷺ. But Khalid, the Prophet ﷺ had this amazing quality to be able to put his own ego himself aside and focus on someone else. He asked Khalid's brother Walid, who was a Muslim, where is Khalid? He says he's protesting you, O Messenger of God. The Prophet ﷺ complimented him. Khalid is an intelligent man. He shouldn't have this much trouble figuring this out. He told Walid, write down what I say, I would like to send a personal message to the man who protests me. He complimented him, you are a brilliant man. We would love to have you as a brother in our family. When Walid took the letter to his brother, it opened his eyes. And he said, I have to go and see the Prophet Amr bin al-As realizes he's also coming to see the Prophet They meet up on the way. They arrive together. Now listen to this. When they sit in front of the Prophet Amr will not look the Prophet in the eyes. He says, why? Why won't you look at me? He says, I'm embarrassed in front of you. I fought you. I opposed you. I did so many terrible things to you. I'm ashamed of myself. The Prophet said, you have nothing to be ashamed of. You are now our brother. Everything is forgotten. That capacity. Khalid bin Walid, when he sits in front of the Prophet ﷺ, he has tears in his eyes. The Prophet said, what's wrong? He says, I did so many terrible things. Please pray that God forgives me. How would we treat an enemy? The Prophet ﷺ says, there's no need. God has already forgiven you. He says, I still need you. Ya Rasulullah, I need you to pray for me. And the Prophet ﷺ makes dua for him, Oh Allah, forgive Khalid for anything that he's done. And immediately wins over the heart of Khalid. He says, that's exactly what I needed. This is what I needed. That was the capacity of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ practiced empathy with even children. He humbled himself and practiced such empathy with even children. His grandson Hussein. Radiallahu anhu used to stutter. And one time he was stuttering really badly in a gathering. There were people around. He couldn't even make it through a complete sentence. And the people who were there, they narrate that the whole time the child was trying to just piece one sentence together for so long. The Prophet sat there, looked at him was smiling and remained quiet and let him finish the whole sentence. Did not interrupt him even once. Did not cut him off. Did not finish his words for him. And when he was done, the Prophet ﷺ looked around the room and he saw everyone was looking at each other somewhat awkwardly, feeling bad for the child who stutters so poorly. The Prophet ﷺ said, لَقَدَ وَرَثَهَا عَنْ عَمِّهِ مُوسَى he has inherited this from his spiritual uncle Moses. That Musa used to stutter. Look at how the Prophet ﷺ comes to the emotional aid and rescue of this child. That is the empathy of the Messenger ﷺ. Jabir bin Abdullah, a young man, 20 years old. 
He has seven younger sisters. His father dies in the battle of Uhud. The Prophet ﷺ suffered such pain on that day. His uncle, who was like an older brother to him, Hamza radiallahu anhu, was not only killed, but his body was mutilated. Seventy of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ died on that day. He buried seventy of his friends. He's in so much pain. The Sahaba say that when he looked at the body of Hamza, we saw tears streaming down his eyes. And we heard like a grinding sound coming from his chest. His pain was so real that it physically was causing him agony. But he looks at Jabir across the room whose father has died. 20 year old young man, lost his father, has seven younger sisters. He looks in his eyes and he sees sadness. He sees the anxiety that he's overwhelmed. And the Prophet ﷺ immediately is able to put himself aside. His own pain and suffering aside, he goes across the room and hugs Jabir and tells him, don't worry, I'll be here for you. And cared about him so much, looked after him so much, that one time they were traveling together, shortly thereafter. Jabir had a very nice animal that he was riding, a horse or a camel. The Prophet ﷺ says this animal is really impressive. He says, it's yours, it's a gift. He says, absolutely not, I'll buy it from you. He says, okay, one dirham, one dollar. The Prophet ﷺ says, hey, hey, don't mess around. It was worth, the narrator says it was worth about 200 darahim. But the Prophet ﷺ, it was worth 200, he said, I'll pay you 400. When they get back to Medina, the Prophet sends him the money. He comes and he drops off the animal, ties it outside the house of the Prophet ﷺ. A little while later, the Prophet ﷺ calls someone. He says, I need you to do something for me. You see this animal that's tied outside? I want you to take that animal and go give it to Jabir and tell him it's a gift from me. This is the empathy of the Prophet ﷺ. That same battle of Uhud, where he's still grappling with the reality that his uncle was murdered, assassinated, killed, mutilated. So ruthlessly, as they're walking back into the city of Medina, the Prophet ﷺ would travel at the back of the army. There are a bunch of children who have gathered together looking for their fathers and older brothers, awaiting their arrival. One of the boys who was waiting for his father, Bashir, he sees the Prophet ﷺ and even that boy realizes that the Prophet ﷺ is at the back of the army. Once you see him, then there's no one else. And in that moment, that boy realizes my father is not coming home. He's amongst the fallen. And the boy starts to cry. And the Prophet ﷺ is already dealing with his own pain, his own suffering. He stops the animal, reaches down, picks up the boy, puts him on the animal with him and hugs him and consoles him and quiets him. And then he says to the boy, Don't cry, son, don't worry. You'll never be alone. I'll be your father, Aisha will be your mother. And then he turned to the other Sahaba companions and he said, you see these children who are looking for their loved ones and don't find them, pick them up. Take care of them, console them, and love them. That is that quality, that, that intangible that the Prophet ﷺ taught us, that he left us with. The reason why I bring this up here today, 
I go back to where I started. We are undoubtedly, without a shred of a doubt, we're facing great challenges in the form of Islamophobia and the vilification of our community. That is very, very scary. I understand and acknowledge. But our response to tragedy is empathy. We have to understand that what we have to learn to do in this situation is practice empathy with the others who have also been persecuted, with others who have been treated wrongly. Our, and please pardon me and excuse me for my frankness, but we are completely infatuated with our own circumstance. Islamophobia, it is a problem. But we are so concerned with it. And we, I hear Muslims talking in the tone of, well, they came for the Muslims, I didn't say anything, and then they came for me. What we need to understand is that they didn't first come for us. They came for black people and are still coming for them. We didn't say anything. They came for Native Americans and still are. Even their water, even their land. And we didn't say anything. We didn't do anything. The Prophet never would have stood by and watched. He would have been the first one to aid and to help. This is that principle. We don't need other people to help us, we need Allah to help us. We need God's mercy. And God's mercy is bestowed upon those who are merciful to others. Allah helps those who help others. Wallahu fi awnil abdi. God continues to aid the person so long as the person aids his brother or sister. If we really, really are serious and concerned about the threat and the dangers that face our community, we will stop sleeping, we will stop worrying about crafting out our own little dream in suburbia, trying to buy that house and this car, and trying to raise our quality of life up to some arbitrary standard that has been granted to us, that has been pushed down our throat through consumerism. We will stop worrying about these things and we'll actually get back to the prophetic legacy and that is to serve and that is to work and that is to care and that is to be with the people and to care for the people. That's who we are. We are ambassadors of truth. We are ambassadors of God's mercy. We are representatives of the divine promise. That's what we have to get back to. This is our mandate. That's what's necessary. And one of the things that I wanted to share and I've mentioned this a couple of times here and there. Something that I'm still learning. And I need everyone to listen very carefully. And at the same time, if you disagree for whatever reason, please forgive me. This is something I'm still learning. This quality of empathy that we talked about, that we're talking about, feeling another person's pain, it does not require, empathy does not require for me to be able to rationalize or for me to be able to validate the other person's suffering. We have this obsession of intellectually and rationally trying to analyze every situation. Stop trying to rationalize. 
Nobody cares about what I think about another person's circumstances. It is completely irrelevant whether I think a person's suffering is rightful or not, is appropriate or not, whether that person could have done this differently or that differently. That is not what that person is asking me to do. That person is asking me to care. That person is asking me to just feel their pain. Allah tells me to have mercy indiscriminately. The Prophet ﷺ tells us to feel that person's pain, regardless of whether it makes sense to me or not. So get past this notion. Stop rationalizing. Stop trying to analyze other people's suffering. Have empathy. Feel their pain. And be with them. Sit with them. Cry with them. Pray with them. Talk to them. That is the legacy of our Messenger ﷺ. And as the Prophet ﷺ taught us, that if that's what we can get back to, أَفْشُوا السَّلَامُ وَأَطْعِمُوا الطَّعَامُ وَصِلُوا الْأَرْحَامُ وَصَلُوا بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ نِيَامُ تَدُخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ بِسَلَامُ Allah will deliver us the ultimate promise. And the ultimate promise, once again, is not our materially obsessed fetish with power. Real, true self-actualization is in the life of the hereafter. We will all enter paradise together for all of eternity in peace and tranquility, enshrouded in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakumullah khairun wa assalamu alaykum.